Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to In The Queue. My name is Andrew, one of your hosts, and I could watch Kieran Hines in anything. Anything. That's a good uh, good opening line. I love him. Yeah. No, I, I love think, him so much. I think we're definitely going to delve into that topic later. I'm Phil, your other co-host, and I don't know if you guys have seen the poster for this movie, but I find it a little bit misleading. <laughs> it it mirrors a scene from the film. I, yes, but to make that the definitive image for the movie itself, I feel like yeah. it's just a yeah. shot of these you know sexy legs wearing pantyhose and then the two main characters peering between the legs. I feel like it gives a misleading impression of what the movie's going to be like. You were hoping for a little more naughty bits. That's what you were hoping for. I just wanted Apparently to live. The book. Apparently but... that delivers. Oh, wow, wow. How about that? Okay. The movie we're talking about, in case you're wondering, is Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day, the 2008 film starring Amy Adams and Frances McDormand and Kieran Hines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is directed by Bharat Naluri. And uh, it was a listener suggestion from Christy, our returning veteran of the show. Mm. Uh, say hi to everybody, Christy. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm sure that they're saying hi back as we speak. Right. Talking back to their radios. Yeah, exactly. Their radios. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're old-fashioned radios that uh, it wouldn't sit, sit well the in the 1920s movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said that. Yeah. Uh, so before we talk to, about the movie, uh, I want to tell you how to find us on the web out there. If you're looking for us, you can find us at www.in-the-q, that's the letter q.com. That's our blog where you can find all of our postings. Uh, it, uh, you can listen to our podcast there, or you can download them directly from those pages. You can also leave comments, and in those comments, you can suggest movies for us to watch, just like Christy did. Mm-hmm. Christy suggested some films for us. We've been working our way through them, and we're almost at the end of your films. Oh, that's not possible. I don't think we've logged new ones. Oh, maybe. that's Yeah, I think, yeah, because you gave us another batch, didn't you? <laughs> I'm holding uh, back. Oh, oh, good. Uh, well, I'm glad that there will be more, because we have had some entertaining discussions in the past. And I expect that this one will be another one. The next way you can find us is to go to Facebook and uh, do a search for In The Queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. And there you can like our page and all of our posts will show up in your timeline. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's very convenient. Additionally, you could just visit the page and look at the whole backlog of posts. And then uh, you can also leave suggestions there for films that you would like to talk about. You come on the show and we'll talk about them with you. Finally, you could go to iTunes, search In The Queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil, and you can subscribe to our podcast and it will come straight to you Mm -hmm. every single time we release one. So, yeah, I think that that runs the gamut, right? That covers all the bases. Yeah, it runs the gamut, I would say, definitely. Yeah, so Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day is our film for the day. And uh, as I said, it was a 2008 film directed by Bharat Naluri. Christy, tell us a little bit about why you recommended this film, and then I'll sort of give everybody a brief rundown of the plot. Well, it's one that uh, I, 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 one that I love. It's one that uh, we came to the theaters for a short time, did not get a very wide release, and mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of people missed it, but it's got so many wonderful people in it. It's, mm-hmm. it, uh, it's 
a romantic comedy that in my jaded old age, I actually <laughs> still enjoy watching. How about that? Uh-huh. So that's rare to come across these days for me. Yeah, well, that's that's a, a, a very good reason. Um, Not the Andrew focus. isn't saying that you're you're old though. I think you should just. <laughs> no, yeah, no, say I was that. saying. I want to clear everything up. Than me. The the last little bit yeah. Yeah. about it being you know uh, 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 difficult to find uh, an entertaining uh, romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think is true. I will. I could go on and on about how I think the romantic comedy is essentially a dead genre, but. Uh, we, we may get into that a little bit later, but the film concerns itself with a certain Guinevere Pettigrew, who is a governess who, at the beginning of the film, loses her governessing job, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and she is out, you know, out of a job, and uh, her uh, sort of... I, I want to say the word dispatcher. That's not the right word. But her boss, who sends her out for various different governess jobs, uh, will not have her back. So she's out on her own. And she's sort of through a series of circumstances where she um, sort of uh, takes a peek at a lead that might be on her boss's desk. She comes into the employ, essentially, of Delizia... Delicia La, La Foss. Oh, La that's right. Delicia La Foss. And, uh, and for the next 24 hours, gets swept up into the life of this very glamorous woman who is juggling three separate men mm-hmm. and just having a difficult time deciding between furthering her career and furthering her material desires and furthering her true feelings and love. Uh, th- that pretty much describes what each of the three men represent. And, uh, and Miss Pettigrew uh, becomes something of a godsend for Delicia because she sort of not only becomes kind of the conscience that Delicia seems to lack, <laughs> but she also... Uh, gets wrapped up in the, the 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 grandeur and the the sort of uh, complexity of love and through a series of vignettes they have adventures together over the course of this 24 hours and become sort of fast friends and etc etc mm-hmm. i don't want to talk too much about the details because i'm sure we'll get into some of them in this conversation uh, but as part of the goings on she has her own adventure in love so um that's all i'm gonna say about the the oh and and it should be said it takes place in london pre-world war ii 1930s between the wars build up yeah between the wars just before britain is getting into world war ii right yeah um because there are scenes where bombers bombers are flying overhead Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of like a, a reminder of what is about to take place. Gas yes, masks because on the dress models. Yes, that's right. There's some really good like bits of foreshadowing that are inserted throughout the film. Yeah, uh, headlines on newspapers, etc. Yeah, because like this movie is kind of like a sort of a frivolous souffle, and <laughs> but then there's also these these sort of serious uh, undertones to it that re- remind the viewer 
wh- when and where the story is taking place and what's about to happen. Yes. My mom yes. actually described it as a French silk pie movie. No nutritional value, but so much fun. So good. Hmm. She should be interesting. She should be on the show. <laughs> yeah yeah well and that would that would uh describe both what i liked about this film and what i didn't like about this film uh-huh. and i would say that in my mind there were, I, I was kind of both things were present in equal measure um i do think that it was sort of uh, a delightful film the performances i think almost uniformly with a couple of exceptions a couple of very notable exceptions actually uh i think are pretty great mm-hmm. uh the aforementioned kieran hines i think is magical francis mcdormand is spectacular mm-hmm. their chemistry is lovely is oh i love the two great. of them together the first scene that they have together i thought was just spectacular um uh mark strong oh. is in this film he's wonderful uh lee pace, lee pace uh-huh. is great and can sing <laughs> Uh, and can sing and is, of course, easy on the eyes. Right, Christy? <laughs> Lee Pace is an attractive man, I will say. He he's, is. Clive he is a wee... he's Clive Owen's younger, hotter brother who can sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, which see are that. which are the performances that stand out for you, Andrew, as being not as good? Well, the one that I understand that for the purposes of the role, it made sense for it to be played this way but amy adams as delicia i did not i didn't buy it yeah i didn't buy the artifice of it i felt like it was artifice on top of artifice the the idea is that she sort of is uh material that she kind of is playing the role of kind of a a a ditzy woman who who only wants to further her career and own fancy things and all that kind of stuff um, and later in the film, her character becomes a little bit more complex, and it's very interesting to see that happen. But I don't... I, I just thought that... Uh, I felt like Amy Adams was playing a caricature mm. and not a character. I think she was trying to portray, like... They talk about, you know, you don't want to be, like, a result-oriented director. You don't want to say, say the lines like this. I think mm-hmm. she was trying to say the lines a certain way. She was trying to look a certain way. And I I don't know what Amy Adams is like process is like when she gets into a character, but it did kind of seem like she was trying to channel like an archetypal I don't know if maybe Marilyn Monroe is a good comparison or or, or some kind of that type of like you say ditzy character um, maybe like a screwball comedy style heroine um, which this film which... is definitely. Uh, an falls into that category, but I have I have some quibbles there as well. But we'll get to those. Yeah. So I I think I, I understand. What do you think, Christy? I can I can see that. Uh, I think in, in the problem with that is that in the beginning of the movie, she's playing at least three different characters on top of her actual character. She's right, a right, different right. woman for each of the men, mm-hmm. as well right. as herself. And so getting that across could I could see how it might not necessarily work. In a, but as you're right, as the movie moves on, and it's her character, and that's yeah. what comes out, and it's the real Delicia, if you will, or the what she might alter yes. go as. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, I don't know. I thought it really, to me, it also spoke of 
when in the early 20th century, the roles that women played, because they, they had specific mm-hmm. choices on what they could do, how they could survive, and often they were playing a role. They were, do they want to have a safe house, or do they want to have a career, or what? How are they mm-hmm. going to get to that secure position? So yeah. I saw maybe a little bit more in it, but I can see how it doesn't always come off. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what you're describing to me is... Like, yes, I have an intellectual understanding of those things, but Amy Adams as the actress, I think it's her responsibility to make me feel that sort of uh, the struggle that she has, like, or the fatigue that she has, or the, uh, but I I felt like for the entire first two thirds of the film, she was just playing it very, uh, and this, this dovetails with that the screwball comedy comedy mm-hmm. we're making. Yeah. Um, I think this may have been a directorial decision as much as anything, but I think that the way that she's portraying that character as this kind of ditzy Marilyn Monroe type, even though I, I, I thought of Marilyn Monroe when I was watching this and I thought, Oh, but Marilyn Monroe has so much more soul when she's like, she just like, she just jumps off the screen and, and uh, Amy Adams. And I generally think this about Amy Adams, but J- Amy Adams is such a careful and considered actress, such an intellectual actress. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it it seems like she's made very clear decisions. So I think that there was a directorial choice, especially in the first part of the film, when there's lots of wacky misunderstandings and mishaps and stuff like that. There's a directorial choice to try and play up her frantic ditziness. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that that I had with the film was that the filmmaking did not reflect the screwball nature of it. I kept thinking to myself, is this supposed to be a farce? Is this supposed to be like an out and out British farce? Because British farce is breathless comedy. You know, like you, you, you're just exhausted from the, the pace of it and the, the back and forth and the doors slamming and people coming in and out and running up and down stairs and falling and mm-hmm. pratfalls and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. And great British farce is exactly that. It's great and it's it's nonstop. And so there would be segments in this where I would feel like the actors thought they were in a farce, but what was happening with the film was not farcical. Yeah. It was it was very presentational. It was very sort of just classically yeah. constructed filmmaking. You know, wide master over the shoulder, over the shoulder, and I'm like, there are farcical things happening. Yeah, you know. Uh, you want to know what I was thinking when I was watching this movie at, at, at yeah, yeah. every single moment? I felt like I was <laughs> I felt like I was watching a TV show or a made-for-TV movie because I thought that the, the directing style was pedestrian and and flat. Uh, the 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 compositions and the depth of field it was all very kind of flat and and mm, yeah um, and uncinematic and just very. I mean, slick, and, and, and the lighting was really good, and the production values were good, costumes were good, but it just it seemed sort of empty. Um, and I guess the heart of the film is, is in Miss Pettigrew and, and how she does get to live for a day, and she's kind of like the, the, the cooler head that prevails in all of this farcical misunderstandings and whatnot, even though it's sort of a pedestrian depiction of a farce. Um, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't quite feel a lot of soul. You mentioned soul, Andrew. I, I, I didn't quite feel mm-hmm. the soul of the story. 
Um, I felt like I was watching a homage to a screwball comedy because I, I mean, I could recognize some of the same things, some of the same type of elements. people, elements yeah. in movies like, like Bringing a Baby or Philadelphia Story. Yeah, yeah. and I felt I could recognize those. Like, oh, this is gonna, this film is an homage to to stuff like that. But it was just, um, it was all very very safe, and even this the suggestive moments of dialogue and the near nudity, like it all seemed very kind of, you know, appropriate for network television. It never seemed dangerous <laughs> or exciting or, or moving or, or titillating or anything. Yeah. Well, you know, when Amy Adams was in her towel, I thought that was, that was pretty, <laughs> that was enjoyable. I, I was, I was titillated. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go ahead and admit it. I was titillated. <laughs> the recreation of the birth of Venus. Yeah, that's yeah. I I could identify that. That's sort of what it was. She was in that exact pose. Had the shell the behind her shell. and everything. Yeah. yeah, with the clamshell. Yeah, Hold That's all that I was thinking about during that scene. Is the recreation. <laughs> yes, of the birth of the yeah. sure. You were thinking about Botticelli, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't hear. Favorite opera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so it even despite that. I mean, I'm making it sound like I despise the oh, film, no. which I did. But uh, but I, I I did think that the the director was able to find moments of really great human connection and tenderness, and I think that I think that <laughs> this director should be directing something that focuses more on that because I don't I don't think he was very capable with the kind of screwball aspects of it, the comedic aspects of it. Um, so I didn't find myself laughing as much at it. But when it would get into these intimate scenes, there's a scene in a in a uh, a limousine or, or a cab w- between Miss Pettigrew and Delicia that was kind of a wonderful little moment. As I mentioned before, the scene between uh, Kieran Hines' character, Joe, and Miss mm-hmm. Pettigrew, especially their first scene, but pretty much every every scene that they were in together, were wonderful. Like, there's this wonderful sort of chemistry that's going on. You know, the actors, they're two great actors, so it scene. makes sense. The singing scene. The singing oh. scene when when... Uh, when Delicia and Michael. and Michael, the character played by Lee Pace, when they're singing to each other, I thought that was wonderfully done. I thought that was probably the most moving part of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to the director's credit and to the screenwriter's credit, and, and I assume to the source material's credit, uh, that is very well set up. I mean, you get a pretty good, you get a very early introduction of Michael that's very odd. Uh, very brief and very odd. And then when he's reintroduced, he's just so charming and he's so fun and he's so, you know, he's great because he's Lee Pace and Lee Pace tends to be pretty great. Um, we talked about him when we talked about the fall on this very program That's right. <laughs> uh, and how much we liked him in that as well. Uh, and so there are those moments in this film, but I found those moments to be like, I would, when those would happen, I would latch onto them and I'd be like, yes, yes, here we go. This is what I've been waiting for. And then it would sort of lapse into an attempt at screwball comedy again. And that's where I would get lost. Well, I wonder if maybe in, if they kept the setting of this movie, which is London, but then tried to update it a little bit more so that it was no longer a period piece and an homage to a bygone genre of filmmaking you know, what if they still updated it to an era, to an, uh, a situation where class was important and, and you still need to have a governess and she loses her job? Um, 
could this story exist? I mean, is, is this story too rooted in a certain time period? I mean, some of the music would be different, of course. <laughs> Always Phil's <laughs> primary concern in any film. But uh, but I was just thinking, you know, like if if you know we're, we we keep talking. Well, Andrew keeps talking about the sort of the the, uh, and I also feel that the 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 nature of the film is a bit of a artifice, or it's a bit sort of contrived, maybe. But um, but there's great things happening with the relationships between the characters with with um you know Miss Pettigrew and with Joe and with um Delicia and her suitors especially Michael um you know these these types of relationships you know keep it keep it interesting and I was just I just wanted to throw that out there if you guys feel like could this story exist in a contemporary setting and then we wouldn't sort of be be talking about how it's portraying well, a different era yeah Here's what I would say about that. I think that whenever you have a romantic comedy, both of those parts should be strong. Mm -hmm. Right? And whether this is an homage to screwball comedies of times gone by or not, you can still have both of those elements being very strong. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I'm saying, essentially, and I think what you're saying, Phil, um, is that the comedy part of it was what fell flat. The romance part of it was very was strong. Mm -hmm. the, the relationships between the characters were strong. The performances were very strong. That helped helped us feel that that attraction, the, this kind of you know animal magnetism that they have for each other, and that out outweighs in some ways the the lacking in the comedy. But for it to be a really excellent, an excellent excellent film and a truly great romantic comedy, it's it would be equal parts romance and comedy and both would be just as strong as the other. If you look at the great romantic comedies, when we think about when Harry met Sally or when we think about, you know, bringing up baby or when we think about, you know, uh, any of those films, mm -hmm. both, both things are, are gangbusters, you know, both are great. Right. Yeah. The, the comedy, you're, it's not necessarily the comedy part that, makes me want to watch it again it is the great relationships right. it's the great actors and the amazing chemistry that you see on screen between all of them because yeah. i i don't i i i can't think of a better cast film in in, in for a while i mean i just they, they all worked so well together except for the one the producer character who i didn't particularly like too much but um Oh, the young, yeah. the young guy. Yeah, yeah. Philip, I believe, was his Phil, name. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> he was my favorite character. What are you talking about? But, oh, that right. namesake will do it every He's time. actually based on me, Christy. So wow. don't, don't feel bad. <gasps> wow. Yeah. You did mention uh, the music, and that's one thing that I did love. I did love the score. Yes. Yeah. The score is wonderful. I actually do own the CD someplace in this mess that I currently live in. And I, I think the music is quite wonderful, but I've always loved that type of music from that era. So, mm -hmm. I, We've already alluded to this, but I haven't quite thrown my hat in the ring. I really, my favorite thing about this movie was Kieran Hines and his, his being treated as a romantic lead, which I'd never <laughs> seen him in yeah. ever. And in fact, I don't know if I've seen him as a lead in anything. But uh, of course, he wasn't the the, yeah. the lead romantic character. No. But he was one of the sort of the uh, 
the romancing figures of the film, and he ends up romancing none other than the title character herself. And mm-hmm. I, I think of Kieran Hines from, you know, There Will Be Blood and, and Munich. Munich. Um, Munich. And he's, you know... Oh, he's so good he's, in Munich. He's just... He's the the supporting he's actor, you know? Mance Raider in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, and which I still haven't seen. You need to get on that. But, uh, yeah, and to see, he does a great job of, of, of playing kind, kind of a vulnerable guy in this movie who really... Is is reaching for love and and uh, he's he's he has a great scene early on where he meets Miss Pettigrew for the first time and she's wearing uh, a scarf that his company actually designed yeah. and um, and he reveals this information to her not right away but he kind of flirts with her a little bit before like he tells her oh that's one of mine and then she's surprised and 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 she gives him a compliment on the scarf not knowing that it's his design and he's yeah. really kind of impressed by that and uh yeah just just his just his that that acting turn where he says oh this that is a compliment indeed that is like such a great moment it's so good yeah so you know who has played a romantic lead before he was edward rochester in jane eyre in a, in a made for tv movie in 1997 i knew i'd oh. seen it Oh, oh my God. so yeah. I, the first thing I remember seeing him in was uh, Circle of Friends. He plays the the teacher lecturing oh. on uh, the sexual lives of the savages or whatever throughout the movie. Oh. And I've, I've just always found him quite very intriguing. He's got a wonderful smile in the way that he uses it, and it, I I love I love watching him. I'll watch anything he's in. It's absolutely wonderful. You're right, and yeah. he, I love the speech he does uh, right before he talks to Miss Pettigrew about the Elgin Marbles, and uh-huh. uh, the not being so garish and you know propping up old ladies. Whatever. <laughs> it was uh, just so much of what he did in this movie it was just absolutely delightful to watch. Yeah, and if you look at all the actors who are who the other ones in this film, like. For me, Kieran Hines is the one who's coming from a the the place that I can identify. Like he, he's coming from a real place. He's not trying to to do a, a farcical caricature. He seems to be channeling real feelings and 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 genuine a genuine original character, which 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 we haven't seen. I would I would say that actually about. Frances McDormand as Miss Pettigrew as well. I think that she, actually, I, I admired the restraint that she had in this film uh, to not go kind of in this like kind of weird, kooky screwball direction. I mean, she had a couple of like, you know, looks and sort of she eats, moments. She eats Nanny McPhee type moments. <laughs> yeah, Nanny McPhee type moments. Uh, but she, she wasn't. Uh, she didn't overdo it. She didn't overstate it. She actually played a very real character. And she had, you know, I mean, I love Frances McDormand to death. I think she's such a great actress. Um, and I think that she 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 played this character just right. I just don't think that the movie did did her enough justice. I think it could have been better than it was. Mm. But Well, maybe tomorrow will be a better day. Miss Pettigrew, <laughs> maybe. Well, tomorrow. I mean, you know, not to give away too much, but tomorrow promises to probably be a much better day for Miss Pettigrew. 
She'll hopefully get to eat a meal. Yes, at the very. She least. won't have to pick up a half-eaten apple off of the dirty floor, and yeah. and, and that was actually something that, uh, just to you know, I mean, since we're already talking about it, the fact that she, if if you're going to have that as kind of a bit that you come back to at the end, you just kind of start with that and then you come back to it at the end, then you got to play up the bit somewhere in between. That's the kind she of that's that. the comedy I'm talking about. She she tries to get something to eat. And- Delicious apartment, the, and then again and she it, drops the cake on the his dress show, shoe. At the lingerie show. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, they set they set it up in the beginning, Andrew. I mean, what what more do you really need? <laughs> Come on. I just I guess I guess what I'm saying is that I don't think that they hit those beats. Like it wasn't so much like they didn't hit the idea that she was disappointed that she had lost her food, like that she was really hungry. It was just kind of another thing that happened in the scene. Like they didn't play up the comedy, if that makes sense. Mm. I would. Well, it was there was some pathos. In... There was yeah. It was actually more sad than it was <laughs> comic. Yeah, it, uh, maybe that was their intention because I did feel like, oh no, she's she's back. She she's has destitute. No food. She's she, got no food. She can't even get something to eat, and yeah. then boom, the end happens. Yes. Something I liked that I noticed a couple times uh, watching this again is the contrast of experience and innocence throughout the movie between both Miss mm. Pettigrew and Delicia. Uh, yeah, the yeah. moments that brought that up when uh, they're walking the street and they see the dress mannequins that have the gas masks on. Masks mm-hmm. on and she's all distressed by seeing the gas masks and Delicia is distressed at seeing the cap sleeves. Yeah, that was actually, I thought, was a well-written scene. I thought that was good. Yeah. But then later yeah. on, so in that scene, she's the experienced one because she knows what's coming. And then later on at the show, and they're at this lingerie show, and she's all appalled and, and she's absolutely naive about society that she lives in. Mm-hmm. And Delicia is the experienced one. I just like the way they played back and forth like that, kind of throughout the movie. Yeah, there there is a nice give and take between those two characters and between the performances. Um, even even though I I was sort of dogging Amy Adams' performance earlier, I do think there's a nice kind of um, benign acceptance of Miss Pettigrew, you know, as she is. Like it's it's very like she's she's never uh, deli- uh, Delicia. Delicia. I keep wanting to say Delicia's, which is a pizzeria. <laughs> Uh, here in New York, uh, <laughs> it's a really good pizzeria too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Delicia's um, kind of exuberant kind of uh, personality also sort of masks kind of uh, a non-judgmental nature and a very kind of like friendly and kind kind of yeah. She, being t- she in, tells in, her she loves her like really early on. Yeah, Delicia. Is that it, Delicia? Yes. Delicia is like she's like, you know, saying I love you to Miss Pettigrew. Like, seems like at their first meeting, and of course, maybe maybe the word means something different to her than it does to me. Well, she's dating but, uh, three men. Yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah, and I most <laughs> that, that should give you a clue. I am not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. But I do well, want to talk because we haven't mentioned Mark Strong at all. He is absolutely wonderful. Oh, yes. And he, this is in his string of playing bad guys. I think he's only played a good guy once as far in American cinema that I can think of. Yeah. And that was in Kingsman earlier this year, which was totally different. 
<laughs> but I he, well, yeah, but he's always fun. He's he's just a fun actor to watch. I, I really like Mark Strong a lot. I think Mark Strong is kind of like one of those oh, not him actors where you see him in tons of movies and and like he his face is so familiar, like William Fickner or, yeah, yeah. or James Rebhorn. You know, these are people who like yeah. they're always popping up, and and you know they seem to be able to to play convincingly many different roles yes. um and mark strong is also one of those he's british isn't he oh yeah he's yeah so he's yeah. a british yeah. actor who plays a lot of american roles too um so yeah he's i i liked him in this role also he was very different he had hair <laughs> uh he's actually a lot very similar to this first thing i saw him in, which is just the previous year in 2007 stardust where he uh, also oh, yeah, yeah, plays yeah. A, a jerk <laughs> and yeah, well, he's he plays a jerk in Sherlock Holmes too, <laughs> and Robin Hood, and, and yeah. uh, pretty much a lot of them, yeah. almost everything. I think of, but yeah, man, he was a nice guy in the Imitation Game. He was. That's a, another good one. Uh, that is true. Oh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't you request that? I, I I mentioned either that or Constant Gardener. Uh, I do love the Lacare films. They're just so good. Okay, okay. And Thomas Alfredson's a pretty awesome director too, you guys. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I I haven't seen Tinker Tailor. I've seen the Constant Ooh. Gardener, but uh, maybe we can work something out there. Perhaps that will come up soon. Okay. <laughs> Well, I think that that is our show covering Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day. Thank you very much, Christy, for recommending it. Um, it was enjoyable to watch and to talk, as always. Um, so thank you very much for that. You're very welcome. Yeah. Uh, in our next podcast, we will be continuing our tradition of talking about Criterion Collection movies while I am housebound. And our next Criterion Collection selection is Marketa Lazarova. Yes. Which is a film that is considered by many to be the greatest Czech film ever made. Yeah, because, you know, some countries actually gather votes and, and to determine, what, you know, what that film is. And this is, this is like an official thing from the country of, of uh, the Czech Republic. And this was, yeah. it was voted the best Czech film, so I, I, I have seen it, but I look forward to seeing it again. I have not seen it, and I'm very uh, much looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, so this will be a fun episode. It will indeed. So thanks once again, Christy. Uh, pleasure to have you on the show, and we will see you all next time.